You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to the crossover edition of the Locked On Sooners and Locked On Horn Frogs podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hi, my name is John Williams. Thank you for joining us. I am the host of the Locked On Sooners podcast. You can find me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today for this special crossover edition here on the Locked On Podcast Network is host of the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast, Stephen Simcox. You can follow him on Twitter at Simcox Stevens. Stephen, how you doing today, sir? I'm good, John. I appreciate you having me on. This will be fun. Yeah, man, it's good to have another Big 12 voice on the Locked On Podcast Network. And so we're excited to talk about TCU Horn Frogs because Oklahoma TCU got a big Big 12 matchup coming up this week. And when you look at TCU, the first thing that comes to mind is defense because Gary Patterson's been there for what seems like forever now. And he's known as a defensive guy. But like the rest of the Big 12, there's they just seem to be struggling defensively. Kind of what's going on with them as a, as a defense? What are they doing well? And what are some things that they need to improve on? Well, I think the biggest thing, John, is they're giving up a lot of big plays. And that's not super uncommon for a Gary Patterson team. He's uh, he, he's sort of a guy – my friend Matt, who I had on earlier this week, described it as a lot of defenses are, are bend but don't break, and he's more of a break and don't bend. Like he, he <laughs> loves to take risk, play tight man coverage, um, get after people because he's trying to cause negative plays. He's trying to put people behind the chains. The flip side of that is sometimes you give up bust. And it's just been too often. I mean, against Iowa State, uh, Brees Hall had a 75-yard touchdown run. He also had a 50-plus-yard touchdown run. Uh, against Texas, they had some big plays. So if you look at the numbers, it's funny. Actually, like in yards per play and in a lot of situations, they're doing well. But obviously, like scoring is the only thing that really matters. And they, they haven't done a great job at, at containing those uh, uh, big plays and allowing them to turn into points. Now against Kansas State, they did a better job. Really, really they only got about 14 points because K-State had a pick six in the second half. But that was with Will Howard, true freshman quarterback, making his first ever start. So you would expect them to play pretty well in that situation. And they still gave up uh, an 80-yard run to him on a just a, a quarterback draw, basically, that, that got out of hand. So um, I think a lot of teams in college football are struggling with tackling right now. And, and we've kind of seen that across the country. Um, and that's not a typical thing for TCU. That's pretty uncharacteristic. But I think that has been the case this year. Uh, and then in the run game, I'm, I'm not sure if it's just safety's coming up too fast and, and getting sucked into the line, but it, it seems like they're getting through to the second and third level a lot. So um, those are the things they're going to have to clean up. And the defensive line ha- has not had much of a pass rush. Uh, they really haven't been able to get after the quarterback a whole lot. So so that's a problem too. Now, now what they do well, their corners have played pretty solidly. Uh, Garrett Wallow is a really good linebacker. And it seems like anybody who plays linebacker at TCU gets about 100 tackles, but he he's a, an explosive guy and, and makes a lot of big plays. And they have two really good safeties in the back end. So the pieces are there. I, I think it's just about figuring out how to clean up um, some of the, the big plays that they're giving up and, and forcing field goals instead of touchdowns when teams get down in the red zone. It sounds a lot like uh, how you would describe Oklahoma's defense right now too, just a, a team that uh... – 
just doesn't necessarily do the little things very well. They mm -hmm. might get some splash plays and for Oklahoma in particular, they, it's, you know, four quarters, but we'll talk about Oklahoma in the next segment. So you touched on a, a couple guys along the defensive line. Who's the guy that they need to kind of contain. They need to try and control uh, to keep Spencer Rattler clean when he drops back to pass. So O'Shawn Mathis is probably their best uh, their best defensive lineman from an edge pass rush perspective. Now Corey Besley is really good in the interior. I don't think he's gonna you know get after the quarterback a whole lot. He's more of a, a run stuffer and someone who's gonna control the line of scrimmage. Um, but Mathis is good off the edge. You know, one guy who I'm curious to see and we haven't seen a lot is Marcel Brooks, a transfer from LSU, and he hasn't played a ton of snaps yet. He's a real slender guy, so he's not. He's sort of a tweener. He's not really built to be a defensive end, but he can get after the passer. So um, I'm interested to see if he gets in some more like situational pass rush situations, and maybe he's someone they bring off the edge from different angles. But as far as your typical hand-in-the-ground defensive lineman, um, yeah, it's going to be Mathis coming from that defensive end spot. And he uh, he's done a nice job against the run this year. He hasn't gotten home a lot, but that's, that's their best guy as far as um, getting to the quarterback right now. And then flipping the script to the offensive side of the football, the big story so far for TCU this year has been Max Dugan and, and his play, uh, especially over the last few weeks. Now, he kind of started off playing kind of part-time for them um, as he was just kind of getting his endurance up and building up into the game. But as he's kind of taken over, he's been super explosive and he's been really dangerous. Obviously, in that Texas game, he had a big impact. So far in 2020, he's got a passer rating of 104 – or sorry, 144. He's been absolutely – incredible so far what what are some of the things that he does really really well that Oklahoma's defense really has to pay attention to on Saturday so I think the first thing that comes to mind with, with Duggan and it is not really an ability thing but it's just he's a, he's a gamer he's a competitive guy um, he makes plays he makes things happen off schedule a lot of the time and he, he's an underrated runner I think you know you saw in the Texas game he, he had that uh, run for a touchdown late to seal the game um, he's getting better as a passer. I, I think his accuracy has been more consistent this year. Uh, they like to, to, you know, stretch the field with him and, and try to throw it deep. And a lot of sort of air raid concepts as far as quick tunnel screens, that type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing with Max is he just sort of finds a way to make plays. Um, and he, he always keeps them in games, and that's the, the most encouraging thing. But I do feel like he's grown a lot from his freshman to sophomore year. Um, accuracy was really a problem last season, and he, he seems to be doing better at throwing in the middle of the field, making good decisions, and, and hitting his guys on target and in rhythm this season. And when he looks to throw, when he needs a play, say on third down, who's the guy that he's going to? So it's actually been a couple of newcomers, which is interesting. Uh, Blair Conright is a true freshman from Lubbock, and he's leading the team in receiving yards, and he's just had big catches. You know, it seems like every time he makes a play, it's on a third down or he's hotling a ball in on the sidelines. Uh, they also have a, another freshman, Quentin Johnston, and he's a, a big body. He's about 6'5", and they like to throw – or they've shown in the first couple games they're going to throw those 50-50 balls to him. Uh -huh. Try to let him go and make a play over up and over a corner. Uh, the guys that we sort of expected to make an impact, Tay Barber is a good slot receiver, and they get him the ball in a variety of different ways. And they use him a lot on like jet sweeps and pop passes and that kind of thing. And then JD Spielman's actually a transfer from Nebraska, and uh, he was really productive in Lincoln. I mean, he had over 800 yards for three straight seasons. 
he's mainly been a punt returner so far. I don't know if it's just, you know, he hasn't picked up the system yet or uh, he hasn't broken in the depth chart, but he hasn't seen a ton of targets. But that's also, you know, another guy who's obviously has shown he's capable in the past. So those are those are the guys he sort of likes to spread the ball around to. You mentioned a six foot five guy, and I I immediately start to sweat having watched <laughs> Oklahoma so far this season struggle with guys with size. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Oklahoma and their their defense, their offense coming up in the next segment. Steven's going to get a chance to grill me a little bit about what Oklahoma has got bringing into uh, Fort Worth on Saturday. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you are always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football and chill with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long day at work or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Also want to talk to you guys about Rock Auto. There's an ever-increasing number of makes and models now. And if you're like me and you're one of those people that going to the auto parts store is, is a pretty intimidating uh, proposition because you don't know much about cars. They're asking you questions. You don't exactly know what you're looking for. You should check out rockauto.com. It's a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. So you can see what the best deal is. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's a classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. That's one of the great things about Rock Auto. It comes straight to you. You don't have to get out, go to the shop, get it, come back, try to figure out everything. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Again, that's rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the crossover edition of uh, I'm Stephen Simcox from Locked On Horn Frogs, and I'm here with John Williams, who does a great job on Locked On Sooners. You can follow him on Twitter at John9Williams, and also follow them on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Uh, David Walker typically does the podcast with him, and you can follow him at D underscore Walk74. And again, I'm Stephen Simcox, and you can find me at Simcox Stephen. Locked On TCU account is at Locked On TCU. In the first segment, John asked me some uh, good questions about TCU and kind of where they are as a team. And ahead of that matchup Saturday, uh, John, I wanted to ask you a few things about Oklahoma's uh, team. And we'll start on offense. You know, I feel like uh, there's maybe no position in sports with higher expectations than the quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners because everyone seems to just right. step in there and immediately play so well. And, and Spencer Rattler was a highly recruited guy. Obviously, people had very high expectations for him in Lincoln Riley's offense. So just your general thoughts. I know it's been sort of inconsistent at times, but what do you see from Spencer Rattler? What is he doing well? What is he kind of struggling with as he he figures this out on the fly? 
So the thing you like about Spencer Rattler is some of kind of that competitiveness that he has. Uh, you know, he comes in with a ton of natural ability. He's just a, a very natural thrower of the football. Uh, he's got a really good deep ball. Uh, he's he's pretty accurate. I mean, he's had some accuracy issues at times in games, uh, but I think that some of that is just kind of getting a little um, lackadaisical with with some of his technique and some of his throws. Uh, but overall, I, I think you see the talent kind of in spurts so far. I mean, he's he's had some games where you know he's played really really well for a couple quarters against Texas a couple weeks ago. You know, he started off rough. I mean, the first couple quarters of the game did not go really really well for him. Um, but, you know, he throws a really natural deep ball. The ball just kind of comes out of his hand like he's barely throwing it, and it travels 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. Uh, the other thing that you like is he's got really good mobility in the pocket. Uh, you know, some of he's had a little bit of issue maybe sensing pressure at times uh, and knowing where to escape to, uh, but he's got good mobility. And, and when he's able to feel that pressure coming on, he's he does a good job at stepping up into the pocket or stepping into the empty spaces in the pocket. And then he's got good escapability. Uh, we saw a lot more against Texas where when things weren't necessarily open for him down the field, when Texas was dropping people into coverage, he, he was more decisive uh, running the football, scrambling, taking those yards that Texas was willing to give him where he wasn't uh, as aggressive with that in the first three games of the season. So a lot to like about Spencer Rattler. He's still a freshman quarterback, and so there's still a lot of growing pains that he's going through. Uh, the benching against Texas was certainly a sign of that. But I think it's it's something he's going to continue to build on. Uh, he had a great second half of the game against the Longhorns and was instrumental in their win over Texas in quadruple overtime. And so, you know, yes – high expectations for a guy. And I think we've been really spoiled at Oklahoma over the last several years with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, that those expectations immediately jumped uh, maybe a little too high for a freshman quarterback. And uh, we're starting to see some of those, those things that are kind of freshman mistakes at times where maybe he's throwing into windows that worked in high school when he was playing in Arizona, but aren't going to necessarily work at the college level. Uh, and so those are just things that he's going to have to learn from. And, and I think he's going to do a really good job at that. He's already showing some of that improvement and he did so in the second half against Texas. When I was listening to uh, locked on Sooners, an episode from earlier this week and my horn frog fans, you should subscribe to, to locked on Sooners. It's a good resource. They're, they're talking, OU, but big 12 football in general. And I heard you guys discussing um, there were some concerns about maybe the conditioning of this team and, and kind of how they finish games in the fourth quarter, they played a, a very long game in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. So did you see sort of a breakthrough with with pushing through that and, and making some plays late in games to, to close that one out? I think it was huge for their psyche as a football team to be able to, um, you know, it's not good for their psyche to give up that lead that they had in the fourth quarter. That You know, they had a two-touchdown lead against Texas, and then it just kind of evaporated in, five, in the final five minutes of the game. But I think it was good for their psyche to be able to withstand that and in overtime, be able to make the plays to overcome that game. You know, they they had two chance or a chance to win it in the third overtime uh, after they blocked uh, Michael Dicker's field goal attempt. But then they had their own field goal attempt go wide, and you know, you think that would be a be a kind of a time that maybe they'd be deflated a little bit. But then the defense stepped back on the field and made some really good plays against uh, uh, Sam Ellingberger and intercepted the ball in the end zone. I think that was huge for their psyche as a football team to be able to, yes it's disappointing that you give up the lead, but they kind of just hung in there and made the plays that they needed to make when they needed to make them to come out on top. You know, I think the the conditioning thing is something that everybody's dealing with across the country. I mean, big 10 isn't going to have, have as many issues. The PAC 12 won't have as many issues because they're getting a little bit longer kind of ramp up time than these other schools got. 
But I think it's something that everybody's dealing with. I think the thing that Oklahoma needs to overcome is just kind of this going into a conservative mentality in the fourth quarter uh, when they've got a big lead. Uh, they've done it several times now throughout the 2020 season. And it's not just been defensively either. I think on the first couple drives of the fourth quarter against Texas, Lincoln Riley just got a little bit too uh, conservative. He, he started throwing more bubble screens. He was, running, he was trying to run the ball, which you, know, you want to do that when you got a two-touchdown lead. But then when he did decide to throw it, he was throwing very safe passes, and he was not allowing Spencer Rattler to try and attack the sticks. And I think that mentality really kind of uh, – it really killed their momentum in that game, and it, and it really set a tone for the fourth quarter. And you know, once they started kind of doing that offensively, they weren't able to really start picking it up again uh, even though, you know, and then once the defense started allowing a lot of yards, they were kind of playing some prevent defense. It, it just kind of all seemed to snowball and they weren't able to get any stops in the end of the game. And on defense, when you take a look at what they're doing right now, and you talked about in the first segment, just across the Big 12, really teams are struggling to, to keep teams from scoring. But ha- did you expect a bigger jump in year two under Alex Grinch? Is it about – where you thought kind of assess where they are um, a couple weeks into the season? You know, I think most people expected them to improve. Um, one thing that we're, we're not seeing right now is a, a full complement of their players. Ronnie Perkins, probably their best pass rusher, their best defender, someone who's going to get drafted in the top hundred next year when he enters the NFL draft. Uh, that's a big, a big loss for them. You know, Lincoln Riley's not really been committal as to whether he's going to be able to play this week or in the future at all. And so that's a huge loss for them. You know, that, their pass rush has suffered a little bit. They've had some people step up in the last couple of weeks, especially against Texas. Nick Bonito, their you know their designated pass rusher, their pass rushing linebacker, really stepped up and had a great game. Had two sacks against Texas. But the things that they did well against Texas were the little things. They were tackling much better than they had the previous game. Against Iowa State, they missed like 14 or 15 tackles. Against Texas, they only missed four. So that's a huge difference, and I think that was the biggest difference in the game against Texas was they were tackling better, doing the little things a lot better. And then when they had a chance to make a play on a football, on a 50-50 ball, they were doing a much better job at making those plays as opposed to against Iowa State. Anytime the ball was up in the air, they were either getting flagged for it or Iowa State was coming down with the football. And so it, it's gradually improving against Texas. We saw some really good signs, but they just have to finish better as a defense and as a team overall. We're doing a crossover edition. It's Locked on Horn Frogs and Locked on Sooners. I'm Stephen Simcox, and here with John Williams. Uh, we'll come back. We'll do some keys to the game. Close up shop coming up next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, Locked on Sooners crossover edition on the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going, Big 12 football fans? This is John Williams, host of the Locked on Sooners podcast, and with me is Stephen Simcox, host of the Locked on Horn Frogs podcast. You can go follow him on Twitter at SimcoxSteven. And Stephen, Big game coming up for both teams. There's a, still a chance that both of these guys, these teams can get back into the Big 12 title picture, but both of them, either if he, either team wants to get into that Big 12 title picture, maybe find their way into the second seed in the conference title game, they have to have this game this week. And so for you, what is one of the kind of a couple of keys of the game for both the offense and the defense for TCU to be able to come out on top? A good question, John. So I think offensively for TCU – uh, you know, you talked about Ronnie Perkins maybe not being available, and, and there's some mystery there. I feel like most ECU fans would really hope that he's not because this offensive line has struggled. They struggled to protect. So the first key is just keeping Max Duggan upright. I mean, he we we discussed his improvement, but it's really hard to improve and do things well and stay on schedule offensively when 
um, you're running for your life. So that was pretty evident against K-State. Uh, I'm sure that Oklahoma saw that on film. They're going to try to exploit it. Can they adjust? Can they make things happen? And in find ways to sort of mitigate their deficiencies there because if, if OU is able to get after him and get some confidence rolling on defense, I think it could be a long day. And then defensively, you know, we discussed their issues with big plays. So I think it's limiting it. You're not probably going to eliminate it completely. And I feel like with the explosive athletes OU has with Rattler and, uh, you know, Mims on the outside, and obviously they can run the football too. It's not going to be, there's not going to be zero splash plays, but as much as you can limiting that and, and trying to, uh, you know, force some negative plays, keep them on third and long, uh, because, again, this this offense has struggled to be efficient at times. So I don't think they want to get in a shootout in an up-and-down game with Oklahoma, even though uh, this offense doesn't look like the, the monster that it has been in the past for, for Lincoln-Riley teams. It's still very formidable. So uh, limited big plays and, and keeping it a close game, especially early, I feel like are, are the two keys for, for TCU. On OU's side, what are some of the things they're going to have to do to, to come out with victory Saturday? Yeah, so offensively, a couple different things. The first thing that Spencer Rattler is going to have to do is going to have to protect the football. He's he's had five interceptions this season. He's fumbled the ball several times. He's got to do a better job at protecting the ball with the defense having some difficulties making stops. He can't allow TCU to have any short fields. And so he's got to protect the football. The second thing offensively they, they've got to do is they've got to run the football the same way they ran it against Texas. And and that's TJ Pledger, Marcus Major, maybe Seth McGowan might play where there's some uncertainty there. He's in concussion protocol, uh, but they've got to run the ball better and they got to continue to run it with consistency. I think TJ Pledger had a much better game against Texas. He was more decisive. He used a lot better vision. And so if he's able to kind of churn out some, some good gains, get some chunk yards in the running game, I think that's going to really help them a lot and get them on kind of on schedule offensively and make things a lot simpler for uh, Spencer Rattler because you know TCU's or in Fort Worth has always been a tough place for Oklahoma to play and it's it's going to be tough for Spencer Rattler going on the road as well defensively it's going to be containing Max uh, Max Duggan and that's easier said than done I mean they've had a difficult time containing some of these running quarterbacks whether it's Brock Purdy or Skylar Thompson or Sam Ellinger they've got to do a, a good job at containing them and they've got to find a way to minimize big plays. It's, it's the, the kind of same story, different school is, you know, minimize big plays, not allow their big guys to win those jump balls, those 50, 50 balls. And, you know, if they're, if they're going to lose those 50, 50 balls, just try not to get penalized as if, if they can, uh, you know, if they can get some pressure, I think they got to attack on defense. They can't sit back and play coverage. They got to go in with a similar game plan uh, as they had it against Sam Ellinger in Texas, and that's send send rushers, send blitzers. At times, they're they're going to lose contain on Max Duggan, but if they send a lot of pressure, uh, potentially they'll be able to get to him before he's able to escape the pocket. All right. Well, uh, John, do we want to do we want to throw some predictions out there on this one? Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Give, give us your your prediction for Saturday. Okay, so I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel like I can pick against the Frogs in my first week doing a podcast. So if I was Lee Corso, I'd put the Frog head on. I think it's going to be a good football game, um, but I feel like TCU will get this defense straightened out and they win this one uh, 28-24. You go ahead, John. You don't have to do a score prediction if you don't want to. No, it's cool. It's going to be a low-scoring game. You know, I think it's probably going to end up somewhere in the 30s. Uh, I, you know, 
I'm actually nervous about this game as well. I think that's just going to be the case for Oklahoma this year. What kind of Spencer Rattler are we going to get? What's the defensive performance going to be like after having a bye week? Oklahoma should come into this game pretty well prepared. I'm going to say it's going to be something like 38-34. Oklahoma is going to win. Uh, it's going to be a close game throughout. Uh, I think it's going to end in four quarters, unlike you know last week where it went to overtime. But I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be you know who's going to win the turnover battle, who's going to be able to run the ball the better, and who's going to um, yeah who's going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think you know Oklahoma is going to be able to do a better job at that moving forward. All right. Well, there we go. John's going to go with OU. I'm going to go with TCU. Uh, you can tweet us with your predictions. Reach out to us, please. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to Locked On Sooners and uh, Locked On Horn Frogs. And this has been my very first crossover edition. It's been fun, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We've had a really good time and I uh, look forward to talking to you down the road. We're getting to basketball season. We'll talk some basketball for sure. And, uh, yeah, make sure you guys go check out Steven's podcast. Get the insight on TCU ahead of Saturday in Fort Worth, and uh, we'll just end it with a little bit of fun. Boomer. Go Frogs. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow.